Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. We're here tonight to start the draft season with our review of tight ends, uh, our 10 to 1 countdown that we do for each position group annually. Joining me for this uh, show is Alec Bulianis of One Winning Pod. Alec, how are you doing? Doing great, Ken. I love looking at tight ends. It's my guilty pleasure. Even if the Ravens don't have a huge need, I'll uh, always pay attention to the class. Yeah, it is uh, it's interesting. The Ravens certainly have a great group of tight ends, but they do also have a lot of similarity in their current tight ends. At least the three guys are all, uh, you know, not terrific inline guys. They're more flex guys, and they potentially, if they if they needed a blocking tight end, they could go out and find one. Yeah, I definitely think they're in an interesting spot. You know, we lost Oliver to free agency, and um, they definitely felt the need to use him a lot. Uh, we do have um Ricard that can kind of play that uh role so I would be somewhat surprised if they carry four tight ends and Ricard this year but it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility yeah they, that's certainly what they ended up doing last year but uh, uh it's a great point is that is that Patrick Ricard can cover up can make up for a lot of sins of course I think the Ravens are best when they're free to put Patrick Ricard at fullback and are not forced to put him in as a blocking tight end, you know, forced mm-hmm. to have him patch another hole in the ship, so to speak. He's he's a he's a versatile player who can cover for you in several different positions. But if they want to use a fullback a significant portion of the time this year, then then they prefer to not have Patrick Ricard be their blocking tight end. Agreed. And I also just don't think he gives you um, that X factor, that chess piece I really like to see out of tight ends. I feel like he's a little too skewed towards his blocking proudness and not his athleticism. Um, and it doesn't really get the defense in a bind about how to approach him. Yeah, it's, it's not a, he's not a matchup problem, that's for yeah. sure. And, and uh, uh, it, 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 where he is a matchup problem is for an interior defensive lineman or for a linebacker in terms of seeing that block coming at him. But uh, mm-hmm. you're right, he's not a, he's not a matchup problem, certainly as a receiver and Oliver was a much better guy in that role, and Andrews also can uh, could do it as well. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about maybe the bigger thing. You brought this up in the production meetings. This is definitely your point, but how important or is it ever really the right move to draft a tight end early? Yeah, my overall thought is no. I don't think it's usually worth to draft them early, and it's for a variety of reasons. Uh, first of all, we haven't seen much correlation. You can look at it from a Ravens perspective, and you can also look at it across the league. Uh, typically when the Ravens draft tight ends, they draft two and the second one's the better of the two. Uh, that's mm-hmm. been very consistent in their history. Mm-hmm. And then also if you look at even the best tight ends in the league, where they came from, uh, they're usually later round guys, mid round guys are not huge draft pedigrees. And also even the ones that are supposed to be good tight ends usually take at least one year to develop, maybe even two or three. And when you think about a rookie contract, you know, you got to get value in those first four years, particularly for these late round guys. And you're looking at maybe one and a half, two years of production. Yeah, you mean like the the, the early round guys? You really need to get a year. Oh yeah, the early, early round production. guys. I mean, the, yeah, yeah, you need you need that production, and then you usually don't get it. Um, yeah. You're you're burning almost guaranteed a year. Even the best tight ends, the first year is not great. A- Aiden Hurst had a lot of positive qualities coming out of school, but he had some really t- terrible negative qualities. Also, he's old. Uh, you know, drafted very high in terms of of uh, where he was, and the production microscope was on him right away 
And as it so happened, the Ravens drafted an even better tight end <laughs> a couple of rounds later, and and uh, and it didn't work out so well for him. Uh, fortunately, the Ravens were actually able to salvage some value there, but they also a lot of lost a lot of value because that first round pick could have, that could have been used on Derwin James ended up being used on a later pick in the first round plus some other draft capital, mm-hmm. uh, which which I don't think was as good a return as they otherwise would have gotten. Uh, yeah. The 2018 draft. There's a lot. There's a lot to love about that draft. And yet there's still it's still possible to make a mistake in that draft like that. Correct. Yeah, definitely agree with you on that. And I think that's a, a really important note. Just with the tight ends, they usually take at least a year or two to develop. So you'll see flashes like last year. I really liked likely. I liked Kate Otten. They both showed their flashes mm-hmm. last year and the time that they had. Um, but they're also not full starters. They're not able to uh, really carry that load. I think that most you're looking for a tight end too, their first year. Um, and then maybe they can grow into that tight end one. Yeah, I, I, and I don't really see a guy with the Ravens very deep tight end group, and you know having Kolar, who we we certainly will expect yeah. new, new things out of, and having uh, likely that we expect to take a step forward and and more define what his role is in the offense. I think is he going to be a move guy? Is he going to be a flex mm-hmm. guy? Is he going to you know change to be really be a wide receiver because the team is so short handed there? Um, and then obviously they need a return to Andrews that is going to do at least a couple of things, give him more um, opportunity in space um, and, and give him less of the marginal targets that have really been hurting his productivity the last few years since really since 2019. And mm-hmm. uh, his, his yards per target have, have, have been dropping. And it's really something that is a, a, a function of him being Lamar's bailout guy. So I, I it's got to change with both both uh, wide receivers who can take the cover off the defense, and hopefully Aguilar is that guy, especially given all they gave up to get him, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Bateman can be some of that. But also, just they need other productivity from other receivers, and they need still that good deception from the passing game in general, and maybe better play action. But uh, but it, I'm I think I'm like you in this regard that I think a blocking tight end. Uh, is something that the Ravens need a little more. And in my rankings, I definitely favored some of the blocking tight ends to a higher degree because mm-hmm. of that. Interesting. Uh, I kind of looked at it usually a little differently. Uh, I'm not. A, I, I always look for their fundamentals for t- uh, blocking, but given the fact that I always expect to take it a year for them to get that extra strength, a year for them to get up to speed and maybe learn how to take those pursuits, I usually tend to want to get a guy that I think has more athleticism more um, of the pass catching chops and then hope they'd be able to develop it rather than um, take the higher floor guy. Uh, that's, that's usually how I at least rank these guys. Um, so well, that's, that's kind of, yeah, that's just I been do. my, my philosophy, but um, so, no, I like, think it makes a lot of sense is from a Ravens perspective that my board would look different if it was purely from how the Ravens should maybe value these guys. All right, and well, I, not by much. I don't think. And you know what? I think people can make their 10 to one list in whatever way they'd like. I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but I de- generally am going from the from the perspective of who do I think the Ravens ought to look at if they get really get the chance at and who would be best for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I would agree with that. Well, let's let's get into it here because we each do an attend to one, and we'll do this in the same way we normally do. You're the guest. Go first with your number ten guy. If my number ten guy is different, I'll uh, I'll uh, bring him up. Sure. My number ten is Payne Durham, out of Purdue, six foot five, two fifty eight. Uh, he just is very much a QB's best friend. Uh, he's kind of dynamic to getting the ball, uh, but not so dynamic after the catch. Like he definitely has a relentlessness to 
you know, get the ball out of the air, uh, make the catch. Um, but he just lacks that athleticism after it. Uh, fluid route runner for sure. Definitely seems to be savvy in space. Uh, and he's very physical as a blocker, which I like to see as well. So I like this guy. I think he, you know, in my opinion, even the 10th tight end could be a journeyman, productive tight end in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a great thing for anyone who's looking for a tight end. I, I think there are um, qualities there that'll lead you to believe he'll be a decent blocker in the NFL, but he, he dropped off my charts, including my honorable mention, just because his he just has too little speed. And at 487 and in a 40, he's really slower than Tyler Linderbaum, say. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and, and, and not not insignificantly so. So uh, it, it's it's just didn't really have great explosiveness uh, metrics either. Those vertical jump is decent at 34 uh, and change. But uh, a, a guy who, uh, you know, fine Big Ten abilities, I think he'll really struggle at the NFL level. And he, if he's going to make it, he'll be a guy who – becomes like a Tomlinson, like a guy who hangs around, mm-hmm. plays a lot of good special teams, does whatever the team asks him to, and is good with eight to 12 receptions a season kind of thing. I, I don't think he's going to be somebody's, um, a guy that gets gets pushed into a significant receiving um, uh, role for any NFL mm-hmm. team. No, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think he would be a surprise fill-in for injury that wasn't as bad as you might have thought (laughs) yeah there you go that's 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 probably fair i'll give you my number 10 guys brenton strange of penn state uh 64253 uh 4740 which at tight end we we have to moderate our expectations but there are a lot of guys between about 455 and 470 this year and some of them really good uh, Stranges is just about the right age. He'll be 23 in December. So there's a lot of these five-year COVID guys. So it's really important to take a look at age in this year's draft, every position, not just tight end. Uh, so, so that's a, that's a concern, uh, above average athlete kind of across the board, uh, for him. Uh, what I thought in, in seeing him play with Clifford at Penn state was a guy who really had good extended play looks like a lot of the, uh, the nice plays that he made were on plays where there was an extension. He's mm-hmm. a, a bigger guy, usually pretty short targets, doesn't knock you off, uh, knock your socks off in terms of yards per target, which is, as I always tell people, the most important statistic for any any receiving position. There's um, a good ability to disappear, doesn't seem to give up on the play. That obviously is a good thing to do if you're going to be an extended play guy. Uh, I thought really good after the catch ability, good contact balance. He's, you know, obviously a lot of that comes with being a a, a tight end. Uh, one of the things about him I, I really didn't like is he's a, he's a hurdler. And there's going to be about three guys in this in this uh, tight end group who have this compulsive hurdling thing. <laughs> and tacklers like to go low on tight ends, and tight yeah. ends are the position that likes to hurdle. Hurdles. If anybody ever did a study of this. I think they'd find it's a it's a high percentage of fumbles and injuries on those plays. And I wish that that they would just have tight ends stop doing it. You want to dive, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Hurdle, not okay. And and uh, you know there there would be a very limited set of opportunities where you needed that extra yardage. Most of the time I'd see it, you know, first or second down, hurdling in the open field for extra yardage, you know, it's it it, it makes a 9-yard gain into a 14-yard gain when it really works out and uh when it doesn't it's a fumble. So it's a you know, it's not that exciting to me. Um, 
I had a couple more things about Strange, but but you can jump in here if you had anything. Oh, I mean, I definitely can see his ability to kind of earn the yards in front of him. That's definitely mm-hmm. a trait of his. Um, he did not make my list, but um, he was definitely an honorable mention. Um, yeah, I guess like he definitely is one of those more H back types, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look at his frame and the way he he uh, plays. Yeah, that I mean, and that kind of versatility is actually more of what the Ravens would. It, it was a deciding factor in him getting on the list. There's another guy I liked that I really had to make a choice between these two to be my number 10 guy. But uh, uh, receptions and yards improved every year. He's got 70 career receptions and 11 touchdowns, which kind of speaks big play threat, but he's not. He's really more of a red zone guy. Uh, his yards per target are below nine for his career, which it it wouldn't be terrible in the NFL um, but it will be worse in the NFL for, for a lot of reasons. He's a higher level competition, obviously, but also just defenders are better and there are less mistakes made in the secondary. Uh, if you look at college yards per target, the variation in those numbers are much greater. Uh, some of that's variation in the competition level you're, you're against, but look at Alabama's players, for instance, year after year, and they have a bunch of 10 yards per reception guy or 10 yards per target guy, I should say, whereas yards per target at 10.0, extremely rare in the NFL. So it's uh, it, it wouldn't be something that I would expect. Nice thick body with Brenton Strange and a, and a guy I think will be a, a decent inline blocker. But here's the kicker that the, the, the one thing that I'm I'm a little concerned about he's a very short arm player, 31 and an eighth, and and that'll give him some trouble as a blocker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the uh, top prospects also is uh, an interesting uh, from the arm yes. length perspective. <laughs> so yeah, I I definitely uh, I I can see why you would like him too. Um, but yeah, like I said, he did not make my list. All right. Let's see your number nine guy. So number nine, like I feel like I should be higher on him, but uh it is what it is. Nine for me is Tucker Craft, uh six foot five, two fifty-five, um, South Dakota. For me, like I really liked what I saw from his uh blocking. You know, he keeps his feet moving. Um, he also was pretty good at tracking the ball, but uh I, I his hands were inconsistent, which I didn't love. Uh, even though that he had good hands in contested catches, which is always like a fun one. Like when he really had to concentrate, it felt like he, uh, you know, was almost better. Um, so yeah, I, I know he's a lot higher on most people's boards. It, just for me, I, I wasn't quite seeing it. Not the most explosive guy either. I, I had him at number seven, so I don't think there's that much difference here. I know there are some people who who like him maybe in the, the second or third round. Uh, he's, he's got the basic measurables at a decent level, solid to above average across the board. What, what I kind of liked about him is he's an active blocker and he's not really a finisher. And, and uh, while that might seem like it's a negative, I don't really think it is for a tight end. When you get into level two or three, the, the thing I want from him is what Miles Boykin gave the Ravens is I want a guy who positions his feet well continuously against a smaller man and doesn't try and overpower. Look, we know you can overpower. All you <laughs> I, want, I want to make sure you don't lunge in and miss the smaller guy because they can mm-hmm. be very elusive. So uh, good, good use of his hands. I thought there, and, and I think he'll be a guy who could be a good blocker at the NFL level, but he's a level two, level three blocker. Definitely not an inline guy. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. I'm very suspicious of his play otherwise because of the context. And I, 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 there are receiving characteristics there that I like. You mentioned some of them and, and contested mm-hmm. catches was one of the things that, that, that he's been better, but those contested catches, he's getting them against FCS opponents. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's, that's something that he's really going to have to reprove at the NFL level. Uh, he did have 99 catches. That's a decent number in three seasons, nine touchdowns, 
but it's not like an explosive off the charts number like you sometimes see from these North Dakota State or South Dakota State guys mm-hmm. uh, in terms of just being off the thing. Yeah, I think the Ravens probably get a chance at him in the third round would be my guess. I don't think there's any way they use that pick on a player like this. And, and my main reason is that I don't think he's different enough from the Ravens tight ends that they have. So I think, yeah, could could he be Charlie Kolar? Maybe. Could he yeah. be, uh, uh, you know, Isaiah Likely? You know, maybe there are characteristics that, that people would like there. Certainly not as fast, but but otherwise, you know, maybe. Uh, I, I just, actually, Likely, that was a big knock on him too, was it? He wasn't fast, but he'd also done the 40 on that funky track that everybody else had really <laughs> slow times on. So, yeah. But I think he plays faster I, than that. You know, honestly, I didn't even pull 40 times for these guys. Uh, it's just not, it's not my thing. I like to see yeah. what they, how they move in pads. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will admit I did see a couple, uh, combine for these guys. Mm-hmm. Like I did, I see, I saw combine highlights, but, uh, yeah, I didn't, um, I just don't value the combine that highly. Sometimes it more reaffirms or makes me want to look back if sure. I maybe miss something, but that's kind of, that's how I look at the combine. That, I mean, that's very reasonable. I find it <laughs> much more important on a player who's played at a small school. Mm. It's, it's just to say, okay, I can, I can see this guy can beat these players on tape. Yeah, but it's kind of yeah. like watching preseason NFL football. <laughs> is yeah, I, I can see you know Demarcus Robinson can put this incredible move on <laughs> on Washington defensive back. But yeah, all right. So my number nine guy is next, right? Yep, and that's Will My Mallory of Miami. Uh, you know, lots of things I think to like about this guy, and then I, there's a whole bunch of things I don't like, and I don't think he he really works for the Ravens in a, in a lot of ways. A four fifty four forty, obviously, he's one of the faster tight ends in this draft. He might be the fastest. Um, uh, really good vertical and broad jump, so that explosiveness is there. One thing you don't want to have is a really nice forty time, or you don't have that good explosiveness at tight end that goes with it. Uh, because a lot of what a tight end does is 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 break to get separation, and you you really want to see a guy who can who can do that quickly. So a Miles Boykin or something, uh, to use his name for the second time or for a different reason here, uh, had a lot of acceleration issues to get to top speed and some differences in cutting. I, mm-hmm. I think Mallory actually gives you a lot of that. Now here's some of the bad stuff. Brevin Jordan was the last great <laughs> Miami Titan to, uh, uh, tight end to come out. And that was in the 2021 draft. Yeah. Um, he is more than a year older than Brevin Jordan, who was drafted two years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there oh we have a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, it, 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 Mallory is a guy who, you know, I'm not sure how much he'd be on everybody's radar if it wasn't for the 450-440 at the Combine. But 454 is not vernon davis it's it's just a little tiny bit better so again going back to your comment about needing to see it in pads i would i would need to see it there as well Uh, a lot of issues with drops for mallory uh he was a guy who had a combination of two types of drops that are both bad focus drops they can maybe be corrected time on the jugs gun just just learning from a good receiving coach how not to start running with the ball before you catch it those kind of techniques, watching the ball away in your hands, that's jugs gun work right right there in a in a nutshell. That can be fixed, but then he's got a lot of others that were body catching or even helmet catching. He's just catching the ball too close to his body. That's really bad for a tight end. Again, possibly correctable, but has not been a good catcher of the fullback. And that's usually where tight ends make their money is they really want to not only catch every ball that's 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 within the frame, but go outside the frame and get some balls as well. Huge red flag, in my opinion. Uh, I think it's really difficult, particularly at the NFL level, um, to be making the adjustments necessary for the higher play speed and whatnot, and also try to fix fundamentals of catching the ball. Uh, just 
I feel like he'll regress to old habits. Um, and it, it, it just, it's so hard to retrain those things without like an incredible dedication, uh, particularly with everything else we need to be learning that I just, uh, it's a red flag for me for sure. Uh, one thing I would also say about his speed, it's definitely feels more like long speed. It's not the like pure explosive yeah. out of breaks, which, uh, you know, it's cool that he glides like gazelle, but like, will he get every <laughs> opportunity, you know, be able to pull away. So I, um, yeah, Mallory also did not make my list, but, um, he definitely has, you know, he has some traits that maybe he could surprise somebody. Yeah, I, 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 it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me, but I think he really fits more as a big slot receiver for somebody, and mm-hmm. he's, he's not, he's definitely not an inline blocker again. And you know, there's a bunch of these guys towards the bottom of my top ten who are in that category, but can catch the football mm-hmm. most of the time, including Mallory, um, who, <laughs> who might make a a good big slot receiver. The Ravens don't have room for that. The Ravens already have, you know, three yeah. tight ends who are, who are essentially big slot receivers. They have they play the fewest receivers of anybody in recent NFL history, or maybe relative to the league ever in NFL history. They play about the fewest wide receivers ever. So having a guy like Mallory as an extra big slot guy, I don't think would pay dividends for the Ravens. So um, you know, I it, I guess if if somebody comp- if if the entire NFL completely undervalues him, then I guess you could see it happening. But I think he'll be drafted. I I think it'll be a little bit later than people are thinking. Fifth, sixth round for for Mallory would be my guess. Um, if he lasts all the way to round seven, maybe the Ravens take him. If he if he is a UDFA, maybe the Ravens try and pick him up. I I just I I don't see an obvious fit at all for the Ravens. Yeah, I think he might even go undrafted, honestly. But uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Um, my number eight is Blake Whitehart, six foot four, two forty seven, out of Wake Forest. Um, one of the comps I saw for him was Kate on. <laughs> it's like you know I like me some Kate on, yeah. uh, but he's a he's a good pass catcher. Uh, lacks the top end speed. He definitely has quickness out of breaks. Um, solid blocking technique, which is always good to see, particularly from uh, you know from the start. Uh, definitely could use adding a little bit more weight to his frame. Um, he's a little bit lighter in the pants, more a little bit more mm-hmm. age back. Um, but yeah, I think he uh, definitely just, uh, I don't know, he, he, he kind of was one of those people when I watched him on film too, I just saw little glimpses of, of, of what I think could translate to the NFL. Um, again, I, I, I don't have the highest ceiling for him, I think he could be a good maybe tight end too, uh, maybe occasionally fill in. But yeah, just a kind of a high floor prospect. High floor, okay. Uh, you know, decent, decent athlete. Did not make my list. Um, uh, Short armed, uh, light, and definitely not an inline guy. And so he he was competing with a lot of guys who could have been big slot guys, and even like Will Mallory and players like that. I would I would put him above like Whitehart, but. Uh, it's I, I understand the the uh, uh, point. He's a redshirt redshirt senior. Now I did not look up his birthday. Do you happen to know what it is? That means he's fairly old. Yeah, th- there are a lot of older players in this draft. Just in yeah. general, I don't know how early this is in your draft coverage, but I think you'll see that a lot. Uh, everyone listening at home, like there's a lot of 23, 24 year olds in this year's draft compared to other years. Yeah, he'll, he'll he has just turned twenty three on March twenty second, so that's not outrageous. There will be a lot of twenty threes, but there's there are even some older guys. So yeah, you're yeah. Uh, you're right on the money there. And he's your number eight guy, right? Number eight. Yep. I would say for me, like we're about to get into a new tier. Um, mm-hmm. 
So like these guys are kind of more the back half, more we'll see what they are. Uh, I think after this, they start to become a little bit more interesting. Okay. Well, we, we, we certainly, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be liking to see this cause I, I know we got differences here. My yeah. number eight guy is, is Luke Schoonmaker of Michigan. Okay. Uh, six, six, two fifty four sixty three. Uh, he's only played 23 college games, which is a problem. And one of the things you really notice on tape looking at him is that he benefited a lot from having an option offense. So it's, it's an offense that, um, effectively the play action and RPOs they ran got him space to work with and line linebackers making false read steps. And that's great for a tight end. And if he, you know, you can duplicate that at the NFL level, that's terrific. Scootmaker because of his size, uh, a better chance to be a, uh, a good inline blocker. I think that if that's gotta be his calling card at the NFL level, because if he does, if he's not able to do that, then I don't think his receiving skills are going to be enough on their own. Um, but if he if he could be a guy who could both block for the run and be a play action tight end, then then he's got value, and he even has value to a team like the Ravens. So mm-hmm. uh, his, his size was kind of to me just what the Ravens kind of might be looking for. Speed is in the very solid range uh, for this tight end uh, group. Uh, I think you know again he's a later round guy for the Ravens, and I don't know that he'll last that long with with all the NFL needs and and you know. We're in a league now where Josh Oliver just signed a $21 million contract <laughs> for over three years. There's yeah. obviously a desire for blocking tight ends. So Schoonmaker is going to go, I would think, before the Ravens have a chance to draft him with a with a relatively low-cost later round pick. Agreed. Yeah, uh, he's actually my number four. Uh, and I, I consider him quite highly. Almost, almost be out my number three. Um, I, I really like him. I think that he has a good first step, good all-around blocker. Um, and like you said, it's interesting. At Michigan, he didn't have a lot of opportunities to run routes, but when he did, he was able to find space in short areas. I thought he had a pretty good effectiveness at the stem of his routes. Um, and I think the other thing that's nice about him is that because he has the good blocking fundamentals, I believe that he'll be able to immediately get playing time with it. Um, which is always nice to see the ability for them to get on the field earlier. Yeah. Uh, I would be thrilled if the Ravens found a way to get him at value, but I do think he'll get drafted or when we still have much higher needs uh, and maybe honestly better players on the board too, uh, not just even from a tight end perspective. It's a, it's a great point about early playing time for blocking tight ends. And it, mm-hmm. it, you, it shows up every year. Uh, you know, Eric Tomlinson got a ton of snaps for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, in the years he was here, despite the fact that he almost never saw the football. Josh Oliver, same thing in terms of getting a ton of snaps for the 22 Ravens. So uh, they made their money doing that, and and uh, and he certainly could be could be one of those guys. You're up at number seven, seven correct? Yeah. Yep. Number seven for me is Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, six foot five, 255. Long strider, pretty good breaks. Uh, definitely a... You don't see this often, but a special team standout. That was one of the things I read about him. I didn't really see it as often, uh, but I did I did read about it. Um, I think he also could add more weight to his frame. Uh, mm-hmm. He just has like that prototypical frame. Uh, one thing I didn't love about him is he, he kind of went down at initial contact. He wasn't a great yak guy. Um, but yeah, I, 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 those are my high-level thoughts on uh, Luke Musgrave. So he has not done, he played Oregon State, has not played a lot of football, total 47 college receptions in 20 games. So that's not a lot to go on uh, in terms of of receiving skills, but his size and speed combination is unusual at a tight end. To be 6'6", 250, and run 461 uh, is, is a terrific combination. 
So if you look at the guy I consider near the top, and I won't say exactly where I have him ranked, but Michael Mayer um, is a complete polish guy, but a very thick body tight end. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a little bit different uh in the case of uh musgrave because he's a little bit taller and a little bit thinner but i agree with you i think there's some additional pounds to be put on that frame um it's this is not a bad thing when i'm saying it he comes to the nfl an unpolished product he hasn't mm-hmm. had a lot of receptions had, hasn't had a lot of targets frankly in his in his entire career um i, I think he's still a moldable piece of clay you know one thing i didn't check is his birthday i meant to do that can you look that up for me <laughs> sure um, um but but the uh uh he, he comes to the comes to the nfl with a chance to be molded into something different than what he is right now he was my number six guy so uh, i liked him even better um and i think teams will have to decide how they view his injury history is the, is the big red flag there mm-hmm. so um they will do interviews and work ethic will be one of the really key things they look for and how he how coachable he is. Because a guy like this, he he really doesn't have the certainly the the the, the tape or the um uh, the accomplishments already there. Um it's it's all about what he can become based on on being a very good athlete and a and a uh, you know just exactly the right size and speed for a tight end. So I I think they'll look at that. Um but mm-hmm. you know the Michael Mayer is just the opposite. He's a pure polished guy. Um, oh, yeah. and, and we'll talk about that a little bit later when we uh, when we get to him and how that's not necessarily a good thing. Correct. Um, so anyway, unlikely to be uh, in in the Ravens range. I think Luke Musgrave actually gets taken much, much before the Ravens would consider a tight end. But this guy is one of the mm-hmm. few guys who has an, a, a possibility to be a good inline blocker. Yep. So his birthday is uh, September 2nd of uh, 2000. He'll be 23 at the very mm-hmm. beginning of the year. Um, I definitely agree with you. I think he has that higher ceiling uh, due to the rawness of, of, of his overall game. Uh, and I'm a little disappointed that I think we're having a similar opinion about Mayer. I, I, was, I thought maybe it would be a little different, uh, but whatever. We'll see. We'll see what happens. When we get to we'll, we'll, we'll get through it. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm sure either way. It's a good discussion. Yeah. Uh, my number seven guy was Tucker craft. Who you've already had earlier. Okay. Mm-hmm. So who's your number six guy? Uh, my number six was Sam Laporta. Uh, out of Iowa, six foot four, 249 pounds. Um, definitely more of the receiving tight end. Uh, he's able to make separation. You're able to see him adjust well to the ball. Um, Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But unfortunately, again, his hands in traffic are a little inconsistent, and that's always a red flag for me. Uh, like I was mentioning earlier, lacks the length and blocking, uh, makes, takes bad angles because of it. Um, so this is definitely one of those guys where I'm hoping that he's able to improve his um, blocking in order to actually be serviceable at the NFL level because otherwise he's just not as good of a slot receiver, essentially. Um, definitely would be a little bit of a project, but I think he has the traits to um, you know, turn into a, a valuable prospect for a team. Yeah, I agree. I, he was number four 
on my list okay. and and definitely someone I think that that he could be a, a good player and and a, and a very balanced tight end frankly he's had too many drops in college again I look at that as a potentially correctable thing um and and you know it's 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 a matter of how screwed up is the guy is he a natural <laughs> double catcher of the football a natural you know that's that's generally pretty bad that might be an eye thing it might be it could be there could be a lot of problems catching the ball too close to the body that can probably be corrected so will mallory has that and you know catching the ball outside the frame as long as he's fearless in, in doing that i'm good with it um he's he's got very good change of direction skills which i think could make him a good off the line um uh player and that that could translate in line or or into a flex position where a slot corners on him because if if you if you can give a little more wiggle on a player when you're a larger tight end then you have your body to use against that slot corner and that can be very effective uh he's like corner or safety and uh, he doesn't have that overwhelming size he's obviously a little bit on the smaller size at 63 uh, 245 so he probably ends up in an h-back role you're moving him you're you're doing various things with him and and he can't be just a a, a slot receiver he's he's just he's not the right yeah. he's not the right guy for that and he, he's, like, he's, those, he's not quick enough yeah hey, just, well He's not quick enough. He's not big enough. He's not a matchup <laughs> problem enough. I mean, there's a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I did really like him after the catch. So mm-hmm. if he's the guy who can who can mysteriously find his way open, and some guys just have that change of direction skill that allows them to do that at tight end, um, then he's he's a terror after after the catch. Good contact balance, uh, good stiff arm, high effort defender, goes to small choppy steps. After the catch, I really love to see that, by the way. Mark Andrews has some of that in him, too, where he mm-hmm. kind of drags a, a, a group of defenders sometimes because he's bigger and he, and he uses that very effectively. But I never want to see this guy hurtling. This is a guy, I, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, he's got such good, you know, think Jamal Lewis in terms of what we saw from him as being a guy who ran hard, went to smaller, choppier steps at the end of his run. Um, that's kind of what I see out of Laporta in terms of not at the same level, of course, not he's not that kind of level, but he's, but he's, but he, he has that basic set of, uh, of stylistic similarities. Uh, so anyway, I, I don't think he, he really is a great fit for the Ravens with the overlapping, um, skills. They have a tight end and he's not enough of a great upside, um, uh, blocker, but on the other hand, he was too good of a receiver and a potential receiving threat for me to drop him any further down my list. Fair enough. So I get it. All right, you uh, number six for me was Musgrave, who we already talked about, right? Yep. So who's your number five guy? I think we're, okay. that's where we are. Number five. All right, this is a big one for me because this is the guy I kind of have a star next to, and I was telling again before the show, I wouldn't be shocked if he went undrafted, uh, which is, you know, maybe I'm just completely off base, but I just really love what I saw. Daniel Barker, six foot three, 243 pounds, Michigan State, uh and illinois this guy like okay he's six foot three but i wouldn't have known it if i didn't look it up he plays at least two inches taller and i feel like he also plays bigger than his uh <laughs> 243 pound uh thing he just to me i i just really liked his body control and his ability to make tough catches i also just loved his enthusiasm the guy just like looked so joyful on the field uh and just like I, I, another thing I really like too is that um, you kind of mentioned it earlier, Ken. I don't think this is a bad thing. He shows really good pacing and blocking. He knows when he can get off level two to go to level three. Like he did enough in level two. He doesn't have to dominate him. He doesn't have to, you know, pancake him. He wants to move on to get to the next block. I, I just liked so much about what I saw out of him. And he just, I, I, I don't know. There's something about him where I, 
he's definitely my like darling. He probably <laughs> wasn't even on your list, or oh, like I said, he's on many. He's on many people's lists. Like I even uh, um, messaged uh, uh, Jason from Hold Up Films, being like, I don't think you've looked at this guy either. <laughs> like he's like now my new guy. Uh, but Daniel Barker, um, that's my that's my like diamond in the rough. Played a fair amount of football now, four years at Illinois before he transferred to Michigan State. Uh, he's got 85 yeah. career catches, which is a lot for for college uh, to, to have in your entire career. Uh, there are players who have that in one year at wide receiver, of course, and if you're, <laughs> yeah. if you're playing in the right conference. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's still a good amount for a tight end to have. Uh, did not make my list, and uh, I didn't look look at him. So it's not I, I, I don't want to give a scouting report on him sure. when I didn't really I study him. But yeah. appreciate that you've got a guy who's off the board. I bet my number five guy is off your board based okay. on this. And this is one of the biggest project guys of them all. And it's Zach Koontz of Old Dominion. So okay. I just kind of dressed down uh, the South Dakota State guy, Tucker Kraft, for, for, for playing at a small school. And Zach Koontz <laughs> uh, is even worse, but he's higher on my list when I, I think a lot of people would would certainly have him lower. He is oh uh, six, six, yeah, six, seven, 255, 34-inch arms, 455 speed, combine darling, really okay. really showed up, 10.0 RAS. So that's a perfect oh, wow. RAS. And that included a 687 three-cone. Uh, they're talking about him being the most athletic tight end of all time. It's actually yes. very hard to find um, tape on this guy. Uh, yeah. So it, it, there's, a, there's a few things about him that I, I noticed in the relatively small amount that I was able to see. So uh, at 85 catches uh, with very modest yards per target against Conference USA and Sunbelt competition, which should off the, off the top, that should tell you, you can't just look at RAS, you got to look at what's on tape. But th- there is some athleticism there that is pretty freaking cool in terms of uh, you know, just being larger than everybody else on the field, being faster than whoever covers him. I mean, it's very hard to find a matchup for for a player like this. Unless you have a Dallas Thomas, you don't have the perfect guy to cover him. So it's it's right right there. You're 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 in a little bit of trouble. Um, but he's he's definitely got speed. He's got some ability to separate. Um, has a lot of problems uh, with anybody who gets really physical with him. And in the NFL, physicality is stressed off the line of scrimmage to a different degree. So this is the guy in the, you know, in a one hit and, and go situation that a linebacker probably could take his air out at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I'd be concerned about that, but, uh, but on the other hand, there's definitely some intriguing receiving. He has absolutely no chance to be an inline blocker, even (laughs) with, even with 34 inches arms, which, you know, I, I obviously am very fond of. Um, that's mostly for catch radius that it has value to him. It's not, it won't be at the line of scrimmage. He's, he's complete fraud there. <laughs> the but, but if, yeah. Yes. If he, if they, <laughs> if they put him in the slot uh, as a big slot, he's the one guy who I think the best comparison, if you want to look at potential upside and he's not, he's probably not quite as great an athlete is, is Darren Waller as being a guy who, uh, uh, who would be a, you know, come, but kind of a kind of hybrid tight end wide receiver type who ends up being a big slot uh, it, somebody's going to take a chance on him. I, I think yeah. it will be one of these teams out there. And, you know, there's, there's several of them who, who draft for measurables more than they draft for tape. The Raiders being the most notable, but there's others too. The Patriots even mm-hmm. have done some of that. Um, and, and I, I wonder 
you, you know exactly where he'll fit. But anyway, Zach Koontz will be an interesting name I'll be tracking on draft day. And I, I wouldn't be upset at all if the Ravens drafted him, certainly in a later round. Sure. Oh, yeah. This is so exciting. I wish, like, if it was a video podcast, you just see me beaming. I love this. Mm-hmm. I love that you have this guy. Um, definitely. I watched a two minute highlight video of him just now uh, to try to see, like, what the what's going on with this guy. And I think that's the biggest the biggest thing I'm worried about is his size. You know, just the lack of weight on that frame for yep. six foot seven. Um, I mean, very dynamic. Maybe like he looks like a more beanstalky version of Jelani Woods. I mean, if I'm just like making a quick like hot take of other you know people I've I've scouted kind of before, definitely um, have concerns uh, based on this guy in report I'm reading right now about his um, catching, like the way he tries to yeah. attack the ball. Yeah, yeah, it's it gets uh, you should he should not have a problem with contested catches. That's something that a that a that a better receiving coach hopefully can help him with. But also with that kind of body, he should be able to box out, and that's not apparent. It's yeah. not apparent at all. Most of his catches, they're throwing over defenders and he's getting separation. And, you know, what I've seen is, is it looks fine on those. You know, when he's when he's open in space, he catches the ball and he runs with it after the catch. And, you know, life is good. But if anyway, there's, there's not too much where there's a, you know, he's bracketed in coverage. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's out there. Anyway, a, a guy uh, uh, is also old. And he'll be twenty. Okay. He'll be twenty four in June, so that's oh, wow. soon. And and you know, it's a it's not quite as bad as a Hayden Hurst pick, where I believe he was twenty five, but mm-hmm. or he's going to be twenty five during his first year, whatever it was. But still, uh, he's an he's a kind of an older project player. Uh, it's just he's he's an interesting player, and the reason that I that I had him as high as I just did, I think he is one of the tight ends in this draft who gives the Ravens something they don't already have positional overlap with. So if you're going to take a chance, take a chance on somebody who might give you something different. Cool. Love it. That was really cool. All right. Uh, my number four, we, we already talked about, was uh, Luke Shoemaker. Okay. And so, my number four uh, was Sam Laporta. Okay. So we already talked about him. Number three. I, I bet we have the same three guys, one, two, and three now. And I'm, I'm surprised that you have my number three guy in your top three. I uh, Okay. Interesting. My number three guy is Michael Mayer. So okay. here he is. Um, so Notre Dame, six foot five, 265 pounds. Um, very, very polished. Like this is my note. And I think you're going to love this. If you were casting a movie to play a hard nosed tight end, you, <laughs> you cast Michael Mayer. Like that's like the, that was like my overwhelming thought when I was watching him. Is he just like, he plays like a tight end. <laughs> like he very much does. Um, very physical through the catch point, uh, chain mover, just, uh, you know, very solid blocking, uh, has full body strength, very polished. Uh, he, he will come in right away and play uh, and and I think be a good player. Um, one one cop I saw and it was like kind of interesting to me is um, this Hawkinson. And like, some people were like, oh, he's like Hawkinson in that he had a very high ceiling, like, oh, he, you know, high, he'll be highly drafted. But if you look at actually what Hawkinson's done in his career, he's shown flashes of like being competent, but not like anything too special. Um, kind of a, a swing and a miss at that draft. Uh, capital and pedigree mm-hmm. and I, I feel like Michael Mayer actually in that comp makes a lot of sense to me too like I don't think he's going to be a bad player I think he will improve a football team but I just don't see the ceiling I have a slightly different set of problems this is interesting he's my number okay. one guy okay, okay. For, for starters so we're starting there um, Maureen and I watch more Notre Dame during the college football season than any other team so okay. so we got to watch him a fair amount 
Um, there's a lot of things to love about that guy. We need to kind of chick these down as we go. A very big, very thick body, perfect tight end. You mentioned it, you know, you cast for the role kind of thing. It's, that's a, it's a great way to put it. He'll play in line. He'll be fine doing that. Um, he's a bully in space. He's a terror after he gets the ball. I think it very well with that boxes out as well as any tight end in this class. Really love that. You know, you're not going to get the rebound mm-hmm. against this guy in a gorilla basketball game. So you it's, uh, I like that part. Um, here's the thing that I think is different about mayor. And I think it's, it's some good and some bad, but it explains part of his college results. He's an extremely polished and fairly crafty route runner. So he's a guy who can get to the top, have wiggle. He breaks well at the line of scrimmage. Uh, he loses people pretty quickly, and he does well in play action schemes. And, and all of that has served him extremely well in college. And so the question is, will he be able to translate a lot of that to the NFL level? I actually think there's a reasonable chance he can. Um, but he is very polished. And and it's kind of like Tyler Linderbaum was last year coming out of school is that he's so polished at center, so polished in terms of his run blocking that you've got to figure out, you know, he's got to, he's got to replicate that at the NFL level. And Tyler Linderbaum did as a run blocker, but then he also had had some difficulties in college as a pass blocker and some difficulties with his length too. And mm-hmm. those questions at this point remain unanswered for him. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a, a, with Mayer, I think it's a question of just replicating what he's actually good at. So he's only got half of that problem. So it, he's, he's good. He's pretty much, you know, he, he'll do everything you ask a tight end to do. But the, but the, uh, uh, the, the one knock I have on him is kind of a knock I've had on any number of other players is that they're kind of over-polished for the NFL in terms of what they have. And guys who have already developed like pass rushers, who've already developed their second move or their, or their counter, um, rack up huge numbers in college and they look unbelievable on tape and other guys who are great athletes, but may develop at the next level. They might be younger, you know, all, all the things that go with not being a polished player, um, yeah. they, they tend to get undervalued. So I think with mayor, some team will, will pay for that polish and there's a good reason to do it. And you mentioned it right away. He's going to play right away. He will yeah. play right away. And he, and he, and he could be, he's the kind of player who could be a pro bowler, um, within a season or two. Um, but he's, but he, uh, he definitely is going to come with a high price tag. I think he probably goes at the end of the first round, early in the second, and uh, and we'll see how that works out. If he lasts much longer than that, and obviously if he lasts in the third round, the Ravens I think would would probably yeah. consider very strongly taking him, given who he is. Yeah, he's a very interesting uh, prospect. Shorter arms as well, mm-hmm. um, thirty one inch arms, and uh, yeah, I just I. <sighs> I, I just pes- like I was hesitant to put him at three, uh, just because I know he is very polished. But I really like my number one guy, and my number two guy is completely different, right? Like he's just a different a different cat. Uh, but I think he also has a lot of potential too. All right, very good. So we're we're on to your that was your number three guy. My, my, number, my number three. three. Guy. I have a feeling based on what you just said that my number three guy is your <laughs> number one guy. That's Darnell Washington of Georgia. Do I have it? Nope. Oh, the number really? one guy is not Darnell Washington. He's okay. my number two. <laughs> oh, he's your number two. Okay. Well, uh, there's so much to like about Darnell Washington. It's not even funny. First of all, fantastic, fantastic set of tools. Just a massive man who will be a great inline blocker if that's all you needed. And by the way, since that's mostly what the Ravens need at tight end, I think that's great. 
But sure. I actually think that Darnell Washington is probably going to convert to offensive tackle in the NFL. I just think it, it makes too much sense for it not to happen. So mm-hmm. if we see some deficiencies as a receiving tight end early on, wherever he goes that's not Baltimore, I think he ends up being an offensive tackle. I think the Ravens have a lot of issues with not having a good long-term plan at offensive tackle. And Darnell Washington could be that guy. And I think he could be a left tackle from what wow. I see it. I mean, he's, he's six, seven, he's 34 and three eighths inches in arms and he won't be 22 until August. Mm-hmm. I mean, that screams mm-hmm. out. I mean, it's just, that's an unbelievable physical specimen there. Yes. And yeah. Toss, toss on that four sixty four in the 40. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, you just, how, how would you love to have that um, either backing up Ronnie Stanley at, at left tackle, or maybe someday being the guy who takes over for Ronnie because uh, he's that kind of a project. They're, if, if they're going to make him in an offensive tackle, it would be it would certainly be some work. Um, but you know, it, it, I, I'm not going to overlook his receiving skills either. Here, mm-hmm. you know, there's a host of weapons at Georgia, and a lot of them tend to have year after year these 10.0 yard per target numbers or higher. In three seasons at Georgia, 11.0, 12.8, and 10.5 yards per target. That's not yards per reception, yards mm-hmm. per target. That's unbelievable. I mean, 45 catches is not a ton. But, you know, he's part of that is he's not getting lousy marginal targets. You know, those are going to other receivers who are, are bigger threats. But uh, uh, very, very exciting prospect. I, I just he is another guy that I think goes to the Raiders, the Pats, the Seahawks, one of these teams who who really loves physical profile guys. Yeah, got that Todd Munkin connection. Um, very interesting point about him being a potential you know tackle in your mind. One of the things that was apparent to me is he blocks like a guard you know he he has great blocking ability already um and his his tools are ridiculous like you mentioned like his um his speed um you know doesn't have the lateral quickness and suddenness that you would want to see but he like once he gets going like good luck stopping him just like a, a total um locomotive train uh just really really something special uh huge frame just uh, he had some really impressive catches um, when you watched him at the combine. That was one guy like combine. You maybe thought like, hmm, okay, yeah. you know, this is a this guy might be the real deal when it comes to receiving as well. Very, very fascinating prospect. Um, could be a, a really significant tight end um, at the next level, and you know, maybe even as a, a, a tackle. That's a really interesting point. I never even like thought about it, but I can totally see why you would say that. Yeah, and, and he, I tell you what, anybody time I see somebody that size, that young, and that arm length, I'm going to wonder. Okay. And yeah, uh, you, you just uh, adding 35 pounds to a guy who runs a 460, 440 is not going to slow him down that much. It's yeah. it's just not going to be that bad. He's I, I, not, a guy who's six seven also. So I'm yeah. I'm I, I think. If you wanted me to bet money on this, I would say it's probably over 40% that he ends up being an offensive tackle at some point in his NFL career. And we've seen that, you know, we saw that from um, Crockett Gilmore trying to take a shot at the position. It didn't work out for him, but yeah. but a, a lot of, uh, it, it happens more often than you would think uh, with, with tight ends that they they make an attempt to shift. And I mean, Darnell Washington is just, he's the right size for it to start with. So it's it's not a, it's not a stretch at all. So cool. Yeah, no, he, I really like this guy. Uh, that's why I wanted to put him above uh, Mayer. Just I, I think I can see the the ceiling for him. All right. So that was my number three guy. So we're to your number two guy. Yep. 
Uh, oh, that, my number two was Washington. Yeah. Okay. And my number two, Dalton Kincaid of Utah, who I guess is your number one guy, right? Because my number one. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So uh, one of my beefs about Kincaid is he's already 24. Uh, didn't do any small, uh, any on-field uh, drills at the combine. Uh, it talked about a small back fracture. Mm. Just a tiny one. Just, it's just a little bad back. back. <laughs> <I agree>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he's a big slot receiver, flex tight end. I don't really see him as an inline guy, although I think he will be a high effort level two and level three blocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got to make it all as a receiver. And, and he definitely has the top receiving skills in this class with, without question. Mayer has better route running. Um, I'd say Kincaid is the better pure receiver. And I might take a guy like Koontz as even having a higher upside at some point, but but that's you know would really be a, a a strange thing. But Kincaid, definitely the best receiving skills, really known for making contested catches at the college level, uh, high points the ball well, uh, very large hands, and mm-hmm. he doesn't body catch the football. Boy, do you love to see that. You know, yeah. you want to you want to see a guy who catches the ball away. And you know, tight ends are often in an enclosed space, bracketed coverage, somehow guy behind them, guy in front of them, uh, where they have to consider how far away from the ball they they are going to catch it. And and he's good at, uh, sorry, catching the ball away from his body and still having the strength to bring it in. I wouldn't put strength at the top of the sink, but he's got the grown man strength necessary to pull a ball in. Think Anquan Bolden on third and one, what he did to Culliver in the Super Bowl. Um I'm not saying I see 100% of that in Dalton Kincaid at his age and whatnot, but I definitely see somebody who who definitely has a has a very good vice grip on the football to pull it in from a good distance from his body. So I like that part. Uh, not a great fit for who the Ravens have right now, but just he's so high on the receiving skills, I couldn't put him any lower. Yeah, fun player. Just uh, awesome hands. No, like basically no drops to be heard of. Catches away from his body. Just everything you would love to see from a catching perspective late to football. Interesting point. Uh, he started playing football his senior year in high school. Um, Ooh. yeah, he was explosive off the line of scrimmage, uh, sinks his hips. Well blocks. Well, um, I think though he needs to add some more weight to his frame and it is a little concerning, I guess at, you know, 24 that he hasn't maybe as built up. Um, but I think with the year in the NFL weight room, like he'll be able to add maybe another five, 10 pounds, um, a little bit more strength, but he definitely is uh, already very strong. Just, um, the way he separates, you can see that extra spring in his step. Um, very fluid. Uh, just, I, I thought he, he looked really dynamic to me, and I could see him being a, a very good receiving tight end in this league. Um, and I think he has the blocking traits so far, and like the, the technique and the willingness, and and I think he can get there, uh, so to speak, with tight uh, with with his blocking to be an all around tight end. All right, all right, fair enough. So. You had Kincaid at number one. Yep. And I had Michael Mayer at number one. Yep. So that concludes our our countdown. Any honorable mention guys that you kind of felt were they just missed your list or yeah, like I said, the the, the back three, I was just kind of shuffling them around, having a hard time like completely finalizing it. And you know, I I allowed myself to change my lineup, you know, <laughs> we're recording this on uh I guess now it just turned April second. Um but you know, if we got some time till the actual draft, but uh, Josh uh, Wiley um, was my, I guess, my number one honorable mention. Just at eleven, uh, six foot six, two hundred and forty eight pounds out of Cincinnati. Um, 
just smooth speed chain mover um can win at the catch point um but yeah he just never was used much as a blocker and um that was one of my biggest concerns with him you know i had the other cincinnati tight end as a guy i like leonard taylor okay so uh you know so i think he more fits the blocking tight end role. And again, he'd be a late round pick for the Ravens. You know, he's not in the top 10 tight ends for me, but a guy I I liked from, from that point. But uh, it's interesting that both Cincinnati tight ends are in there. Uh, Any thoughts on uh, Cameron Latu of Alabama? Oh, just a guy. (laughs) Literally the only note I put down on him is just a guy. I didn't love his competitiveness. I didn't like his, uh, yeah, he just, he didn't strike me as a player who's going to do anything in the NFL. I don't think he's going to even like make a roster really. All right, very good. Wouldn't shock me if the Ravens uh, uh, had a shot at him as a UDFA if they took if they took it. But I actually mm. think he'll be drafted. So we'll uh, yeah. uh, we'll see how that goes. There are you know I, I, I you look at this list. It actually, it's very difficult for me to find ten guys I really like enough that I'd be okay with the Ravens drafting them. And part mm. of it is the Ravens mm. are very deep at tight end. I don't like the overlap of ability and anybody that's a pure receiving tight end automatically, but is not you know great automatically falls off the list. So mm-hmm. that that didn't re, didn't leave as many names for me to really kind of work with this year, but uh, uh, this is a this is an interesting list to go through, and it's always a fun group because this tight end group always has a mix and match of abilities that are all important at the position, and yet um, are, are different and they project differently in terms of how they'd be used in the NFL. For sure, uh, one of the funnest positions, in my opinion, just like to scout and look at. I always enjoy doing it, and. Uh, just a, it's a really important um, role, and I think I think it's getting more important in the NFL. You know, if you if you have a really good second tight end, maybe even a really good first tight end, it can um, decrease your reliance on a slot receiver. It really can mix up. Uh, you know, are you going to run? Or are you going to pass out of that personnel grouping? And that, that's all stuff I love. Right. Well, let me let me toss one last question at you, which is, what is the percentage chance you think the Ravens draft a tight end anywhere in this draft? I'm I'm writing down my number right now. Sure. Uh, All right. I would say it's seven percent, and it basically yeah. has to be like the perfect, super high up on their board, later round, looking like fifth or sixth round uh, selection, where they just do not love anyone else on the board nearly as much. Uh, kind of uh, maybe a Isaiah Likely esque uh, decision room kind of thing, where they just are like, "Yep, we're going to go for it," uh, kind of thing. I don't know who that player would be uh, necessarily at that space, but I, I, I highly doubt it. Mm-hmm. I, I highly doubt it. Also, I said 15% just because I think the, the, the Ravens va- uh, go value over need. And by the way, those are the two competing things on draft day is, is value and need. Mm-hmm. Those compete for your draft capital is if you got a player who's way undervalued, you, you, you want to take him. If you got a need player, you always want to take them, of course, but, but then you, those, those, Two characteristics are competing, and it's always possible that, that a value guy, particularly in the late rounds, can can drop through. And I think it's it might be more likely this year the Ravens are looking to a a number of let's say UDFA slot corners that they like. And if they had four of them that they thought, you know, we'd be we'd be indifferent to any of these four, and they could get two of them, say, to come to mm-hmm. camp. Or even if they can only get one to come to camp, honestly, um, I think that might fill their need there to have the backup slot corner. Assuming they're going to start the year with Hamilton there, um, that they would uh, they would really need. Yeah, I think 
personally, it's one of those things where I would like to see him take a swing with like a defensive lineman or something else mm-hmm. with one of those later picks. I feel as though if they were to use this pick on a tight end, they almost surely got it as an extra pick. Like somewhere along the line, they traded back, got an extra pick, and they decided like they weren't willing to take a luxury pick. Um, yeah. But I just don't think with the current amount of picks the Ravens have, that luxury picks are really in the in the cards. We got yeah. so many things to fill up um, and so many other swings to take. So. Yeah, tight end, I think it's a pretty low priority. They took two last year, so it just seems unlikely. Yeah, great, great point. And I, I think they'll uh uh they may they may trade down and get some extra picks, but I, I agree with you completely. Alec, always a, a great pleasure to talk football with you at all. And this particular topic's been a lot of fun. Uh, an hour has flown by and uh <laughs> and and it's been great. Tell folks where they can talk football with you online. Thanks, Ken. I really appreciate it. Uh I had lots of fun talking tight ends with you. And uh you can talk football with me at one winning pod on Twitter. Um find a podcast at one or one winning pod.com. Uh, we'll be doing draft coverage soon. We're going to do our first episode this week about offensive uh, prospects. Then we'll do a defensive prospects, kind of our players. The Ravens should target like favorite guys kind of thing. And then maybe uh, one, the uh, mock draft. We, we had fun with that last year with uh, Cole Jackson. Maybe we'll do, I don't know if we'll be able to get him on again, but uh, just kind of like playing all the roles in the, in the room, you know, head coach, EDC uh, coordinators and, talking through who's on the board and where we wanted to go kind of thing and strategizing. It was just kind of a, a fun, fun little exercise to do uh, war room style. <laughs> All right. Very cool. And of course, we'll be looking forward to having you on the show on draft night. And uh, at least I hope that works out this year for you. I don't want to speak. It'll be 3 a.m. for me. I'll be in the Netherlands, but I'm going to try to do it. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. So that's the plan. <laughs> All right. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a a film study short, and it can be either a that one play episode or something else, maybe it's something draft related. Hey, that's always great to always have some extra draft related content this time of year. Uh, DM me. They're always open on Twitter. Love to hear from you. I promise I'll get back to you right away. Alec, thanks again for coming on. Sure thing. And we'll talk to you next time on film study. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.